Welcome, Traveler, to the Inn at the Edge of Greenwood, a cozy roleplay podcast where adventurers from many realms come to tell their tales. You won't find any dice rolls or TTRPG mechanics here, just good old-fashioned make-believe and storytelling. We hope you enjoy your stay, and if you do, that you let us know with a review. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's grab something hot to drink and listen to a story. Dear friend, what a joyous time in the village. The wedding of Meredith Gilred and Ambrose Taylor is in a few days and everyone is in the thick of preparations. For our part, the reception will be at the inn, so we are baking up a storm, preparing pies and cakes and getting decorations ready. It's a wonderful change of pace after a long winter. Oh, and we've been blessed with the presence of another elf at our inn, only the second to ever come through. Her name is Ashling, I believe, and she keeps to herself, but I hope to hear her story soon, if she's willing to tell it. Inn at the Edge of Greenwood, Chapter 8, Dressed for Blackmail. You've been at the Inn at the Edge of Greenwood for two days now. You found yourself here while you were traveling. It was one of those strange moments where you went to sleep on the road one night, and when you woke up, the, the road seemed familiar enough. But something was a little different about the trees. It was a little more of a narrow path than you had remembered camping on the night before. But nevertheless, you kept walking and eventually found yourself coming to this small, couldn't even call it a village. There's a little lake nearby and there are market stalls that are set up, but none of the buildings seem to be permanent buildings. They all seem to be able to you know, pop up and pop down and move along, except for one building. And that is this large two-story inn with a stables attached. No name given to it, just a just a small sign that swings on the outside with a green pine tree painted on it. And from the inn's vantage point, you kind of look out over this little valley, expansive uh, tree line of forest going way past you, almost like an ocean in front of you. And you stop for some refreshments, the innkeeper, a young man with brown hair, very friendly, welcomes you, gives you a room, beverages, and, and it's a nice kind of change of pace after, after being on the road for a little while. So you've decided to camp out for a couple of days here. The morning that you wake up in the inn uh, today, you smell the familiar smell of breakfast, bacon and eggs being cooked downstairs. You hear patrons moving about, and you hear the innkeeper downstairs kind of shouting out uh, instructions to the to the kitchen crew and whatnot. It's a it's a little bit of a warm day, but very you got a very pleasant night's sleep last night. Well, first I'm surprised at it being a little bit of a warm day because um, as one who knows Ashling might be able to tell from her hair, she has just come from a place where it is winter. Uh, her hair changes in each season, and right now it is a, a blue-green, almost an evergreen color, with little holly berries and holly leaves sprouting out of it, and, and little, little dead brown twigs coming up at odd angles, almost like a little crown. And she is, is put off 
by the temperature, for sure. But pleasantly, because nobody likes being cold, right? <laughs> and um, the smell of breakfast is enticing, so she'll definitely go straight downstairs. <laughs> so you head out into the hallway. You there's, there's about 14 different rooms, seven on each side of this long hallway on the second story, story of the inn. You walk down the, the staircase and immediately come into the main space. It is a large open, almost banquet hall type tavern. There are these big ceilings with big wooden beams that stretch over uh, across. As you come into it, to your right-hand side is the main open banquet area. And at the end, there is a fireplace, which is already roaring this morning. To the left, there's an L-shaped bar. And that is where you've probably spent the majority of your time uh, sitting and talking with the innkeeper and with uh, various people who come through. And as you walk in, uh, you do see the innkeeper and who you know to be his sister rushing back and forth and serving the, the handful of people who are already up and getting their coffee and breakfast. And he sees you and, oh, hello. Nice to see you this morning. Hi, can I, should I just... Should I just sit anywhere? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be there as soon as I can. It's, uh, it's it, a lot going on today. Uh, she's going to go and sit down at any place that she can find an open spot and just try to look unobtrusive. Okay. Do you pick the bar or a table? I think she'll take a table. Okay. So you sit at a table and look around. There's about four other people who are in the room at this point. There, there are two halflings, a tiefling, and a human. Um, who are sitting in various spots. The the human and one of the halflings are, are together, apparently, uh, and, and eating breakfast. But no one really pays you a whole lot of mind, except that every once in a while you look and you do catch people kind of giving you a little bit of a, like a, like a clandestine glance. Uh, but no one's really saying anything to you. She kind of self-consciously tries to pull her hair over her long ears, which is not effective because her ears are <laughs> very long. Uh, no one no one really approaches or says anything to you. They just kind of keep giving you little looks. Uh, eventually, the innkeeper does finally come over. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, it's, it, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you... Did you have a good night's sleep? I guess I should ask that first. Oh, yes, thank you. I'm sorry. It seems like you're really busy. I, I don't mean to cause any trouble. No, no, not at all. Not at all. It's just, uh, so there's this big event in a couple days and, and we're just already cooking for it. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. Um, what can I get for you for breakfast? Oh, um, well, I, I mean, if you're already cooking a lot of stuff, just something easy. Uh, whatever you already have going is probably fine. Okay. Um, porridge? Oh, yes, porridge would be fine. What are you cooking for this event? Oh, um, well, we're, we're working on a, a whole batch of pies right now. Um, normally, I wouldn't cook them this, you know, two days in advance, but there's just, there's too many of them, so. I mean, I, not to be rude, I don't know, maybe it's not a public invitation, but if there's going to be pie, I have to ask, uh, what, what is the event? Oh, uh, we're, we're hosting a wedding. It's one of the, one of the first that we've had in the area in, in quite some time. Oh, congratulations. I guess that that means I, I that would be kind of weird if I came probably. I won't. Oh, come everyone then. everyone in the town is is invited. If if you're staying here, you're part of the town. Oh, well, thanks. That's not usually the the kind of welcome that I get. I do have a very fancy dress, so I just got it. Oh, excellent. Um we'll we'll all be wearing our best. Uh I don't know that it'll be quite as fancy as yours, but uh we'll do what we can. 
it, yeah, it was uh, it was the certainly the fanciest dress I've ever worn. Um, I didn't get it for quite as fun of a reason, but uh, but oh. yeah, it might be good for a wedding. Well, uh, I'll add another to the to the guest list, and I'll get you bra- breakfast here real quick. And he thank you ducks back. Uh, you hear him kind of working in the back, and after about you know ten minutes or so, uh, he brings a wooden platter out. It's got a bowl of porridge, a little bit of bacon on the side, a glass of freshly squeezed juice as well. And sets it down for you. Can I get you anything else? Is this sufficient? Oh no, this is amazing. Okay. She's like already eating it. She's just like tearing in. And you said I, I'm so sorry. I know you've been here for a day or two, a- Ashling, correct? Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry if any of the patrons are giving you a look. The elves are less than common in these parts, uh, but you're very welcome. Oh yeah, that that's fine. I'm I'm very used to that. I don't think I've ever. I mean, ever since leaving home, I've never been in a place where elves are common, so I'm pretty used to it. I'm just glad that they aren't trying to kill me. Oh, <laughs> I wouldn't stand for that. <laughs> well, um, thank you. All right. Well, uh, back around in a bit. See if you need anything. And he heads back away. The morning goes by, and you begin to see people bringing things in and out. They seem to be starting to bring in larger tables, um, different types of, of you know, party-related things that, that they might need. Uh, you see casks being rolled in with more ales and wines and whatnot. Uh, and the innkeeper at one point, uh, kind of later in the morning, swings back and, and checks with you. Uh, sorry, it's been a minute. Anything else I can get you? Oh, no, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not in the way. She's been hanging out the whole time, just like watching everything coming in and out and kind of like lurking in maybe like an awkward way. She's really interested in what's happening, but she's trying to look like she isn't interested. And she's also like very aware of the fact that people keep looking at her. And I think she's not sure whether it's because she's an elf or because she's there and they don't want her there, but she's worried about all of it. <laughs> he kind of takes notice of how scared you know, skittish you seem. Um, you see him pause for a minute, and then he starts to rub his knees like, ah, this is, uh, this is acting up today. Do you, do you mind if I sit for a minute? Oh, sure, yeah, of course. Ah, do you sorry. want me to leave? Oh, no, 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 I, I won't, I won't bother you for too long. And he sits down and kind of rubs at his knee a little bit. He's like, it, it, it gets to me sometimes, especially on days like today when I'm up and about a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I, I can't say that I can relate. I, I don't know. I guess I'm, I'm still getting used to um, all of the weather around here, though. So even though I am not having joint problems, strange. We had, we had snow even not too long ago, and and now today it's, it feels like a spring morning. I, I know, but I know we'll have snow again. It's, it's odd. Hmm. Yeah. So what you said you got a, a fancy dress recently. What was, what was that for? Oh yeah. Well, uh, it's actually kind of a kind of a funny story. Well, I don't know. I think it's a funny story. Somebody else I might find it a troubling love story. A good story. Oh well, yeah. I could tell you a little bit about it. I guess um, as long as you. I mean, it seems like I'm in a, a. I'm not exactly sure where I am, but it doesn't seem likely to me that you'd be telling people about this. No, and if you're anything like several of the travelers we've had come through here, I don't. Not to alarm you, but I don't know that you're exactly in your homeland either. Well, that's good, because I could get in some real trouble for talking about this, I think. Well, my lips are sealed. All right, well, well, it's kind of a crazy situation. So, um, just for, for, for background, a little while back, me and my party, we came to this city, and we accidentally 
accidentally ran afoul of a, a sort of a, sort of a mob boss there. Ooh. Um, yeah, that was not a great situation, and uh, we left. And then when we came back, we decided to try and and heal things with her, um, just so that we could come back to the city and we wouldn't have to worry about running afoul of her and and her people. And unfortunately, um, when we tried to toast to coming back together as allies. Uh, turns out that she poisoned us a little bit. So we were in this position where we needed her help to get the antidote for the poison and, and she wasn't willing to give it to us unless we did a job for her. So we sort of got trapped into going to she, this. She blackmailed you all. Party, yeah, it wasn't great. Um, I'm still mad about it. My party seems to have some respect for her for pulling this off, but I don't think that's, I'm not into that. <laughs> Huh. It's, uh, I mean, I guess respect for one's adversaries is smart, but that's, what a horrible thing to do. I know, I don't know, maybe it's just me, I tend to hold grudges, but I, ah, man, I'm not, I'm not okay with her. But the good part about all of this is that the job she wanted us to do was at a fancy party, and I had actually never been to anything like that. I don't know, it seems like maybe you guys do things like that around here, but where I'm from... Oh, not often. No, this is, this is probably the first party that I've thrown here in, in several years. <laughs> oh, Hence well, the amount of relate. anxiety. Yeah. Oh, that's understandable. I, I mean, I definitely felt a lot of my own anxiety going into this. We were supposed to basically sneak into a, a formal, a formal event, sort of like a ball, um, to plant, incidentally, blackmail material. Wow. I guess that mob boss is really into that. It's thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess it's effective. It worked on us. But we were supposed to sneak in and plant something in the Chancellor's quarters, and it was the Chancellor's event, so of course it was a very a very big party. And where I'm from, we don't do things like that, so this was, this was really my first time being at anything close to that. I mean, it was astounding. You walk in, there's, there's hundreds of people. It was in this massive ballroom. There were tables full of food. Food, I'd never had any food like that. Oh, it was a lot. And of course we had to be dressed for the occasion, so that's where I was going with this, I'm sorry, is that um, she lent us clothes for this event, and afterwards, you know, we ran into some trouble during the event, so afterwards I, I got her to agree to let me keep the dress, so that was, a that was an upside. That's amazing. I, I hope you get to wear it in a couple days. Yeah, it might be great for a wedding, except I don't want to show anyone up. You said it might not be too fancy. I don't want to stand out more than I already do. Oh, <laughs> What, is the, what do they say? The law of diminishing returns. If you're going to stand out, you might as well stand out your best. <laughs> I guess that's fair. People will probably be looking at me either way. Well, that's... Most people in this town saw their very first elf only a couple months ago. And wow. And it's... They're just... They're just... There's, there's bad blood. And it's unfortunate. And I'm... When you came through the door, I was, I was very, very glad to have you. Oh, Thank you. That's, man, you're really nice. That's not really how most people usually react to me. I guess there's bad blood where I'm from too, um, but centuries of, of, of bad blood between whole generations, so how do, it makes it more How difficult. do you deal with it? How do you, it's easy for me. I, I, you know, the halflings and the big folk have, have lived together for as long as we can remember. I can't imagine walking around having people judge me for the way I look. I don't know, I guess before I left home, people were judging me for other things, so 
to me, it's just sort of something I've always had had to live with. Uh, I I grew up. Um, my adoptive mother was sort of sort of known as as the village witch, and people were afraid of her and and didn't like her, and that clung to me as I moved around too through my youth. So. Um, Leaving that area, people stopped hating me for being the daughter of a witch and started hating me for being an elf. So I guess, you know, it's all the same. I do try to conceal it as much as I can. I try to hide. I try to hide my ears under my hair and stuff. But you know, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to conceal. Um, and you know, it's not just the ears either. I think there's just something about me that unsettles people. So. Hmm. Well, I wouldn't possibly know what that is. <laughs> but you said you ran into some trouble at the end of that ballroom heist or, or blackmail. What what happened? I'm, I forgive my curiosity. Oh, no. I mean, it was definitely an exciting an exciting event. Um basically, we reached the point where we realized that in order to leave the party itself and get to the chancellor's quarters, there had to be some sort of distraction to prevent mm. people from seeing us leave. So, uh well, actually, my friend Alistair, he had some candies that he had gotten from someone, I mean, months before, I think we'd all forgotten that he had them. And some of them would force people to tell the truth if you, whatever they said right after eating the candy would have to be the truth, just one thing. And this is something that had been used against us and we were looking forward to using it against someone else, to be honest. And a party seemed like a great place to do it because you know, everyone there is eating food and, and enjoying they things wouldn't, anyway. They wouldn't suspect anything. Exactly. Who's who's going to doubt a candy that gets offered to you at a ball? And, well, it was fun because, <laughs> I mean, I guess it wasn't fun for them. But it was fun for us because we had to spot the person where if you asked them a question, the thing they said truthfully would, would really cause an uproar. And so ah. we did a little bit of reconnaissance first. We We went around the ball talking to people. It was very strange for me because I got to pretend to be of a very fancy lady, which is not what I am. And I don't know, it was fun to step into the role of somebody that people, I don't know, that people are excited or interested to talk to. That's unusual for me. I had braided my, my ears back into my hair, which made it very hard to hear things, let me tell you. Interesting. And, and the people that we talked to, they, we told them that we were from far away and, and very wealthy. And of course, everyone there was very wealthy and the way that rich people talk to each other, whew, it's very different from the way that rich people talk to me. I, yeah, I've been around some of those sorts down in Trawbridge, and it's nothing against them. It's it's not my not my scene. Well, I have something against them. <laughs> but yeah, so we were talking to all of them, trying to figure out who would say the thing that would cause the most trouble. Um, and we ended up finding a woman, a socialite, who uh, we came to believe that she would perhaps be harboring anti-royalist anti sentiment. Um, this was something that we sort of stumbled into by accident because there was also a man at the party who was very publicly anti-royalist. But unfortunately, everyone knew that about him. And so him saying mm. something like that wasn't going to cause a big ruckus. So what we did instead is we drew both of them together into the same conversation. And then we gave her one of these truth-telling candies and asked her whether or not she agreed with him. And, oh... It turned into something far beyond what we anticipated. Oh, the whole no. party was in an uproar very shortly. In fact, fist fights were breaking out. It was a lot. But you got away. 
Yes, it was the perfect distraction, so we were able to sneak off into the hallway. In fact, I did, um, I don't know if this is, if this is common in your area, but I have the ability to change into animals. Oh, you're a druid. Yes, yeah, um, among other things. Oh, that's exciting. It's a relatively new skill for me. I'm still getting used to it. Oh, it, oh, my, my great aunt was a druid, and, and every once in a while she would, well, (laughs) change into a cat and walk around the walk around the house and it was it was good fun yeah i i'm still getting used to it um it's still very new to me but i was able to turn into a spider so that i couldn't be seen and then i made my way to the chancellor's quarters one thing that you should know about the chancellor is that she's very against magic um she she wishes that there was no magic in the world at all and she certainly has a lot of rules against it in the spaces that she controls so being a spider, being magically a spider in her tower was very dangerous. But I needed to find a way to get to her room where no one could see me. And thankfully a spider is very sneaky. So I was able to get to her room. Unfortunately, the minute that I got under the door, I realized that we had heard rumors of these anti-magic devices she had been developing. And um, I was about halfway under the door when my transformation started to slip away from me. I just felt like I couldn't stop myself from turning back into myself, and I barely squeezed myself out from under the door before turning into an elf. Can you imagine if the guards outside had seen my legs pop up or something just underneath the edge of the door? That would have given everything away. It was very close. Um, Thankfully, I was able to figure out how to disable the device while I was in there. I don't know how I would have gotten out. Otherwise, I probably would have had to fight somebody, which... Everyone in the party told me not to do. Yeah, if it's a stealth mission, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it's often easier to just fight people, but I guess for some people that's a distasteful outcome. Hmm. But I was able to leave the letter that I was supposed to leave in there, and once I disabled the device, I was able to get back out, thankfully, and I just became a spider again and disappeared. But it was a very close call. Uh, they were actually coming into the room, the Chancellor and her servant, as I was leaving. So I think they were just about to realize the device was off, and I could have been caught in a very bad position. Well, and, and good you weren't stepped on either, or something of the like. Yes, I was very nervous about that. I actually tried to crawl up near the, the corner near the ceiling because I realized that if a guard saw a spider, even if they didn't know that I was a spy, a lot of people they might would just, just swat step you. On yes. One. Yes. I'm going to have to rethink what bugs I swat at going forward. Who knows <laughs> which one of them might be a druid? Well, maybe you should swat all of them because if a druid is sneaking around, then perhaps you should know. This is true. Do you see any right now? You kind of. Leans forward and looks around the room with you. I mean, I wouldn't know which one is a druid, but I, I don't see any bugs. It seems like a pretty clean place you keep. Well, we try. Although, did you know I had someone ask for bugs to be on the menu not too long oh. ago? You know, that doesn't surprise... Well, it surprises me that someone wanted them, but I've eaten bugs before, so... Well, guess... they were they were like a frog person, so I think that was, oh. that was more in line with their diets. But I still haven't quite figured out what to put on the menu that... Anyway. Well, I like what you have. I can tell you, I, I mean, I'm not used to foods that are, that are made to be delicious instead of just made to help you survive. So. Oh, goodness. That's, that's the whole point of food. The, <sighs> you can survive on almost anything, but good food is, <laughs> it's funny. Your, your person said that they wanted a world without magic, which is ludicrous. But I agree. Even if you were to take away 
spellcasting. There's so much magic in the world. There's good food, there's conversation, there's love, there's heartbreak. You can't get rid of magic. That's a nice way to think about things. I mean, I wish that the elves thought that way. I, I think the elves, a lot of their thought process is, I say they, as if I'm not an elf. A lot, a lot of the elven thought process where I'm from is that if something isn't necessary for life, then, um, then perhaps it shouldn't, it shouldn't be there. I think indulgence led to a lot of difficulty for our people a long time ago, and that's one of the reasons why I left. I mean, that's the main reason why I left. I just wanted to be able to do things because I wanted to, or because I liked them, or because they were fun or enjoyable, and that just wasn't something that really fit with where I was from, so hmm. I don't think that the elves uh, would have seen a wedding the same way that, that you see a wedding. I hope you come, because I think you'll get the chance to do many things just because you want to. You can drink and sing and dance and celebrate just because. Well, that sounds great. I'm very afraid of dancing, though. I've never really done it, and I think I would probably be terrible. Oh, I see. Yeah, we, we share that in common. I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm hosting the place because I can't dance at all. <laughs> it would be horrible. But hold on. And he gets up and heads to the back. And he comes back after a moment. He's got two glasses and a little plate. And he sets them in front of you. He's like, okay, red wine for you, for me. And then he sets the plate down, and there is a like a like a puff pastry with a little bit of like almost like a frosting on top of it. And he kind of tips his wine glass towards you and says, "Cheers to you, friend. Try that. Tell me it's not delicious." Uh, she tries to be polite in like you know taking it slowly, but then stuffs the entire thing in her mouth at once. I agree. That's how you eat those, hundred <laughs> percent. This is amazing. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. There's so many folks who come through here with tales of adventure, dangers that they find themselves in. And I always, I always wonder, is it, is it the thrill of that danger that keeps you going back? Is it, or is it, is it just who you are? Oh, I mean, I wish I could say that I found danger thrilling. Um, uh, the reason why I do the things that I do and why I'm out with my party trying to trying to make good with mob bosses and, and adventure is, is that I, well, I don't know, maybe this doesn't apply to your world, so maybe it won't scare you to hear it, but um, my patron has told me that the world is ending, so I'm just trying to do everything that I can to stop it, and I don't know... I guess I don't know why I do that, because I haven't had a super great experience with the world as it is, although it's getting better. Um, spending time with my party trying to save the world, I don't know, it's showing me a lot of things, a lot more things that I want to save about it. But I don't know if it's possible. My patron is a lot more powerful than me, and she seems to believe that it isn't. But what else am I supposed to do, just wait? Well, even if your experience with the world has been less than ideal, how are you going to change that if it ends completely? Yeah. It feels like I have to at least try. So for me, it's not so much that I love being out here doing dangerous things and sneaking around. Well, sneaking around fancy parties is pretty fun. <laughs> but, but you know, there's a lot of things that I don't love that, that aren't fun about what we're doing. But it feels like 
I have to do something about it. It feels like my obligation, since I know what's happening, to try and stop it. I have a thought. Come with me. Come with okay. me. And he stands up and starts to walk out of the inn. She grabs the she grabs the glass of wine and brings it with her. Okay. <laughs> he leads you down to that kind of makeshift marketplace that you had seen when you first came uh, to, to this inn. And he says hello to a couple people as he goes by. Seems to be you know, everyone knows the innkeeper. Uh, and eventually he comes to a small market stall where there is a woman who is working kind of selling like little handmade necklaces um, and, and bracelets and whatnot. And he says, Meredith, Meredith, uh, hi. Oh, yes. And she replies and uh, he says, uh, preparations are going quite well uh, for, for the, the event. And then he, his voice gets lower and you don't quite hear what he's saying to her for a moment. And then all of a sudden he turns back and he's like, um, Meredith, this is Ashley. Ashley, this is Meredith. Hi, nice to meet you. Oh, hello, dear. Um, and, and it's a, and it's a younger woman, um, with with a very you know pretty round face and and kind of this dark red hair that she has tied behind her. And she says, "I don't have anyone to do the flowers for my wedding." Oh, oh, it's your wedding. You're getting it's, married. Uh, yes, in two days. And congratulations. I'm wondering, you seem to be the. The, the type that is good with flowers. My friend here says you're, you're a druid. Would you be willing to help? We're, we're in dire need. Oh, sure, yes. Uh, yeah, I'll, I, I'll do everything that I can. Wonderful. Come on, let's go talk for a bit. And she kind of puts her arm out towards you. Ashling sort of like looks back at the innkeeper like, like, is this okay? Yep, all right. And then goes with her. As you take her arm and she kind of leads you off, she kind of like, you smell wonderful, by the way. I'm sorry, is that strange to say? Oh, thank you. Actually, everybody says that. It, it makes it really hard to be stealthy sometimes, actually. Oh, well, um, won't we need to be stealthy for this? <laughs> we want to, as much extravagance as we can. And she leads you off and, and begins to walk you through her vision for what she wants the flowers at her wedding to look like. You spend the next day or so getting to know some of the townspeople here, getting to know Meredith and the innkeeper and his sister and mother a little more. And the day of the wedding comes, and it is a small but beautiful event. Would you like to describe what you do for the flower arrangements for the wedding? Oh, yeah. So Ashling is not super familiar with flowers as decorations. So she's going to take whatever Meredith told her and try to do it to the best of her ability, but it's gonna be like a little bit spookier than I think anybody would intend. <laughs> There's gonna be like maybe some mushrooms in some spots and like maybe some like spiky twigs and she'll just pick like things that she's seen that she thought were interesting looking and combine them with some flowers and they'll have a little bit of a, a little bit of a weird gothy aesthetic to them. Meredith, I. Uh takes a look at your finished work uh, the day of the wedding, and she goes, it's not what I would have done, but I kind of love it. Oh, okay, great. I'm sorry. I, I, did, I tried to do my best, but, you know, I've never really done any flower arranging before. No, this is, this is wholly unexpected and, and absolutely beautiful. Oh, that's a relief. I'm glad I could help. Thank you. And then she gets whisked off for whatever's next uh, for her event on her wedding day. After the ceremony that night, everyone's back in the tavern. 
in the inn celebrating. And you see the innkeeper uh, speaking with a, a short gnome man uh, with a little mustache and a pair of spectacles. Uh, and they seem to be having animated conversation. And eventually the innkeeper kind of peels off uh, and breaks away from him and finds you and stands next to you. And he's like, so what do you think? Oh, it's amazing. I mean, everything looks great. I, I'm sure it's gonna be the perfect day. Well, thank you for helping make it that. Oh, I <laughs> I mean, I, I'll do what I can, but I, I doubt I brought anything much to the table here. It seems like you really had everything under control. Uh, kind of looks around. You see him subtly snap his fingers. And if you're quick and clever enough, you catch a wine glass that was beginning to tip off of a table all of a sudden straighten itself back up. He goes, I have some things under control, but uh, you don't give yourself enough credit, either for this or for everything that you bring to this world. I think you're too hard on yourself. Ashling is like very visibly uncomfortable with this line of conversation. Like her hands are, she's like holding her hands together and like looking around and just like trying to escape this self, this self confrontation. He notices and he kind of just takes a sip. He's like, that's all I've got to say. I hope you have a great evening and I hope you do some dancing. I'm not going to though, because that would be horrendous. Well, then how are the other horrendous dancers like me supposed to feel confident? All right, come on. And he holds his hand out. Ashling does the weirdest possible dances that anyone could imagine. Like the and love goods <laughs> at the wedding kind of weird. <laughs> and the innkeeper kind of just sways in the middle and doesn't do anything too crazy. Everybody uh, around you eventually begins to do choreographed dances. And it's, it's a wonderful night of kind of celebration. When you wake the next morning, there's a slight pit in your stomach because you went to bed in a straw bed in a small in room and you wake up against hard dirt with your belongings around you and, and it's as if and there's there's a little bit of snow coming down and it's as if the last three or four days never happened Ashling will summon her familiar nightshade, who probably has just been snoozing under her hair for most of this time. She's nocturnal, so she doesn't do much during the day. Um, and she's gonna look her right in her little beady black eyes and say, was that, did that happen? Were we in some inn? Did we go to a wedding? And nightshade is just gonna kind of cock her head like she's not sure either. Well, the wedding went off without a hitch or rather, with the both of them being successfully hitched. I apologize for the pun. I am in good spirits tonight. It was a wonderful time full of friends and food and celebration. I'm glad Ashling stayed around to help and be part of the festivities. I get the sense she doesn't stop to enjoy the simple things in life as often as she should. Though, one can't blame her for keeping on the move with all the exciting adventures she's having. I hope she remembers the little magic she brings with her everywhere she goes. Laughter, friendship, listening, telling stories. Those are the magics that keep the world turning. It is interesting that guests from other realms have been staying longer at the inn lately, sometimes taking days to depart back to their home realms. I wonder what that could mean. I suppose time will tell. Till then. Hey.